Welcome, and thanks for listening to the New Life Christian Ministries podcast. If you'd like more information about New Life or for more podcasts and other media, go to newlifexn.org. Well, good morning. My name's Pastor Brad. I'm the worship arts pastor here at New Life, and uh, I just want to say I work with an incredible team. I mean, wasn't worship awesome this morning? It really was. I just, I just, I love these guys. You know, the band and, and the creative support team in the back. Love you guys so much. Thank you for, um, for turning my mic on. Uh, that's, that's good. But uh, I'm just so thankful for them. And, and I'm really thankful for the guys who uh, were willing to put a lot on the line to, to give their testimony for, uh, for this series as well. I mean, that's just incredibly powerful. Uh, very important because, because you're, I mean, Justin said it in that video, Right, Jesus said that he came not for the healthy, but for the sick. Sick people need a doctor. And Justin said, well, good, because here I am. And I could say the same thing as well. Um, and all of us could. And that's what we've been discovering through this series, is that all of us suffer uh, from strongholds in our lives. Now, I want to give you a definition of stronghold, because this is so important. So it's going to be up on the screen. I want you to take a look at this. Here's a definition of stronghold. It's this. A place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attack. A place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attack. And and what I want to do, sometimes a a picture is worth a thousand words. I want to show you a picture of a place that that most of us, when we think of the word stronghold or fortress, we picture this, this kind of place, this kind of thing. So let's put this picture up. This is a picture of Windsor Castle in England. It's on the Thames River and was built back in 1066 by William the Conqueror. And William the Conqueror built this, began to build um, this. I should say it didn't look like this back then. It was quite different. But he began to build a fortress that would basically um, show the the influence and the success the Normans had in their invasion uh, in England. And since then, it's been used by the royal house as a place of, of rest and refuge. Uh, it's, a, it's really an icon of influence and I want to show you another picture. Go to the next slide. Check out this picture. <laughs> that place is huge. I don't know about you. How many of you would like to clean that place? You're probably messed up if, uh, if, you, uh, if you want to clean that place. I would not want to. But this right here, if you look right here, that was the view we were just looking at. That's called the long view. And that leads up to this, uh, the main gate here in the upper ward. And uh, it's just a huge place. Now, now, this place is 13 acres big, Okay. It's not like a house on 13 acres. It is 13 acres. It's crazy. It's like 50, 52,000 square meters. And if you're really good at math, you can figure out what that is uh, in, in feet. It's ginormous. And I want to show you a, a, a diagram of, of this so we can understand a little bit about how it's laid out. So right here, this is, uh, this is right here, the main gate in the upper ward. This is, you walk into the visitor apartments. Um, that's where people stay, like dukes and, and, and people who are invited to the castle would stay there. And then in the back, where it's the State Apartments, that's if you're in Parliament, you're invited to come there, that's where you would stay. Over here is where the, the Queen and the Royal Family uh, would stay, and they, they do go there very often to Windsor Castle. They, they love it. In fact, it's uh, Queen Elizabeth's, uh, one, of her, it's one of her two favorite places um, to be. So you can see that. And then there's this thing right here in the middle, and uh, I love this. I, I've loved this forever, ever since I was little. They call it the keep. 
And the keep is a really important place because when you build a stronghold or when you build a fortress, you have to build a keep because a keep is like the last place where you're gonna put the queen or the king or whoever it is that you're protecting. You're gonna put all your military around it. If the enemy breaches the walls, everybody goes to the keep. And you stay in there, and it's very, very fortified, very thick walls. And, and if the keep is taken, the stronghold is taken. So that's right there in the middle. And then down here, St. George's Chapel. St. George's Chapel um, is, it's not a chapel, really. It's kind of like a megachurch. The place is huge. It's ginormous, and it's, and it's a very uh, important part of, of worship for the royal family and the Church of England uh, there in, in uh, Windsor Castle. So Windsor Castle is, is huge, ginormous place, ginormous uh, stronghold of England, and it represents just that, influence. So if an enemy were going to attack England, one of the key places they're going to attack is Windsor Castle. Because if they can take Windsor Castle, it will be a huge blow to English morale. In fact, it could be such a huge blow that it might even uh, bring the country down. You see, here's the thing about strongholds. Wars are won and lost at strongholds. If you cannot take a stronghold, you will not win a war. And if you are, if you are defending against an enemy, you want your stronghold to hold up. You want it to last so that you do not lose the war, so that you will win, so that you will withstand. So that's one example of a stronghold. Many of us think about that one. Now, I want to show you a different one. It's right here in our own country. We're going to take a look at that right now. Let's take a look at that. It's a nice head right there. So if you take a look at this, uh, this fortress, can you see it? Uh, it's not the house down here, okay? It's not a trick question, all right? Let's, let's zoom in a little bit. Okay, do you, do you see the fortress now? Anybody? No? Okay, let's go in a little further. Anybody see it now? Okay, all right, a little bit, little bit more, a little bit more. There it is. Doesn't that look like an awesome fortress? I mean, is that what you picture when you think of a fortress? Uh, no, not really. Okay, let's go one more. This is the tunnel to one of the most incredible fortresses that's ever been built, one of the most incredible strongholds that's ever been built here on American soil. Because inside of that mountain that you saw, one mile inside, are 13 three-story buildings and two two-story buildings. They're sitting on springs so thick that if there's an earthquake, the building won't move. And the, the electric and the, and the plumbing that is coming into that building is all flexible so that if there's a massive earthquake, it will still be able to withstand and withhold. You see, this is what they call the Cheyenne Mountain Complex. It is where they housed NORAD for a very long time. Now, many of you probably recognize NORAD if you've ever watched War Games or the Stargate movie. You, you've probably uh, seen it on TV because they actually did film some of that in NORAD. NORAD is, a, is kind of a scary place, honestly. If we're, if we're really honest about it, I want to show you the control center. Let's go to that. This is the control center in NORAD. And you can see this guy right here, he's got a very important job because what he's doing is he's looking at all these screens to see if there's a ballistic missile or if there's an unauthorized aircraft coming into our airspace. Essentially, he's protecting us, and not just him, a whole bunch of people in here, but they're protecting us from an attack. 
It's a very strategic location. In fact, they took everything out of NORAD. They actually took NORAD out of the Cheyenne Mountain, took it down to Peterson Air Force Base in Colorado Springs. And in 2015, they realized that was a really stupid decision. Because when they took it outside of the mountain, they made it vulnerable to an EMP attack. Now, if you don't know what an EMP attack, it's basically they, they shoot out a, a ton of electricity, a magnetic pulse, and it takes down all of uh, the electrical grid. And so what they're doing, actually, is they're in the process right now of moving NORAD back into the Cheyenne Mountain Complex because the, the granite is so thick in that mountain that an EMP will not penetrate NORAD. You see, this fortress, which was built in 1957, by the way, that's pretty incredible. It's been updated over the years. is still incredibly important for us because it represents power and influence. And if an enemy were going to attack us and they ever made it into NORAD and they took that ground, it would be devastating for us. It would be so devastating for us because I want to show you a diagram of NORAD. Let's look at this. So this is the tunnel that we were just looking at and, uh, and the road goes in. And in fact, the people have to take a bus to get to work because it's so long. So they, they take a bus to get into work. And down here, these are the buildings. And you can see there's, there's uh, 13 of these buildings, and, and they all are sitting on springs, like I said. And then there's two, two stories. And then over here, this is a, a five lakes. And one lake is completely filled with diesel fuel. You don't want to go swimming in that lake, okay? That, that lake is, is filled with diesel fuel so that it can provide power to NORAD or to Cheyenne Mountain Complex for weeks, it's, it's huge. Then there's another uh, lake that is a residential water holding reservoir. It's just very similar to what we would see around here. They use it for residential water. And then they have three that are industrial, and they use those for cooling and, and heating. And if it's in wartime, um, they're able to use that water for uh, powering things and, and, and making sure everything stays cool. And, and if ever there was an attack, they would, they would be able to be in there for weeks and weeks and actually a, a few months which is really um, just incredible. Now, I want to show you right here uh, at this entrance, these two entrances. Let's go to the door picture. Check out these doors. Look at how big that door is. Isn't that crazy? Now, some of you probably wondering, can I get down on Craigslist to put in my house, get away from my kids? The answer is no. I looked. Um, you cannot get this door anywhere. That's a specially made door. And you can actually see, and this is uh, one, there's two right there, and then there's a third one way back there. They don't want people getting in to the Cheyenne Mountain Complex. So they've put a lot of ingenuity, a lot of power, and it's not just any door. I mean, look at this. It's got lights in it, and, and these are all bars that go into the wall, and it is completely secure. That's a blast door. So that if there's ever a nuclear blast, go back to the diagram, please, Lois. If there's ever a nuclear blast and, and they hit the mountain, that blast will go in the tunnels and hopefully just go out the other side. That's why they build it that way, so that he couldn't, the, the blast will just go right beside that door, and the damage will be uh, minimal, <laughs> as minimal as you can be with a nuclear blast, okay? So it's a very strong fortress, very powerful fortress, and if an enemy ever took it, we'd be in serious trouble. Now, there's a, ma a big major difference between the two fortresses that I've presented to you, the two strongholds that I presented to you today. And I want to show them to you. Let's go back to the diagram of Windsor Castle. So Windsor Castle, we, we can see the place is huge, 13 acres. But the thing that we have 
with Windsor Castle um, that's a little bit different than, than the Cheyenne Mountain Complex is we know that this is the main entrance, that this is the visitor apartments, that this is the private apartments, this is the keep. Um, if we're an enemy, we're going to bomb that first, right? And uh, we're going to take it. You know, we're going to come down here and take out St. George's Chapel. Um, we're going to go to the, to the 100 uh, steps and destroy those because nobody should have 100 steps to walk up, okay? We're going to go and, and we're going we're gonna to destroy all this stuff. So, so, so here's the deal. Any military analyst will tell you that the biggest weakness of Windsor Castle is the simple fact that it can be studied, right? So let's go to the, to the Cheyenne Mountain Complex, okay? Now, here's the deal. When I showed you the pictures of this from the outside, we saw that it was a mountain, and we saw the tunnel that went into it, and we even saw one of the doors. But here's the deal. If we're an enemy and we go into this tunnel and somehow we make it into this place and we get to that door and we get that door open there is no guarantee that it looks like this. There could be huge guns pointed right at us. And those guns could take out an enemy in an instant. You see, the one advantage that the Cheyenne Mountain Complex has over any other fortress that we think of in our minds is that it is hidden. It's a hidden target. It has the element of surprise. So here's the deal. In our lives, the Windsor Castles are easy to see. Those strongholds that we deal with, that we know about, they're easy to address because we can study them, we can look at them, we can find solutions to take them down. But the Cheyenne Mountain Complexes those kinds of strongholds that are built in our lives are built down deep into the center of our hearts. And they've been placed there by the enemy. He has built these strongholds in our lives. You see, it's the hidden strongholds in our lives that present the greatest struggle. They present the greatest struggle for us because here's the problem. Most of the time, we don't even know they exist. You know, the Apostle Paul actually said something about this, and I want to look at this from 2 Corinthians. Um, this is such an important passage, and I want you to see this from 2 Corinthians 10, beginning in verse 4. This is what Paul said. Paul said, For the weapons of our warfare are not of flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So the first thing that we learn about these strongholds that are hidden down deep in our heart, these Cheyenne Mountain complexes that we have, that, that our lives are, are a wreck, and sometimes we don't even know why, it's because of those things. Paul says they are first and foremost spiritual strongholds. They are spiritual strongholds. Paul is pointing out here that we're not fighting against other people. We're not even really fighting against ourselves. We're fighting against the enemy. And this stronghold that he has built inside of our heart is, is really terrifyingly big and really devastating. Now, Pastor Chris said something that has really just been bothering me for a couple of weeks. And here's what he said two weeks ago when he talked about strongholds of the body. Here's what he said. Our bodies will eventually follow our souls, our minds, emotions, and wills. And our souls will follow our spirits when our spirits are yielded to the Holy Spirit. 
So, you know, the truth is we can train our bodies to a certain degree and we can even, you know, help to overcome strongholds in our spirit um, using psychology and, and, and counseling. And those things are good. But ultimately, we will go the way of our spirit. And that's what Paul is trying to get us to understand here, is that if we don't root and, and route out all of the, the Cheyenne mountain complexes that are in our heart, if we don't get serious about those things, then we are not going to have success ultimately in our souls and in our bodies. It's not going to happen because our bodies will follow our souls, which will follow our spirits. And then Paul says this. He says this in verse 5, 2 Corinthians 10. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. So the second thing that Paul points out is this, that strongholds in our lives, they're spiritual and they're placed there by the enemy because strongholds are lies the enemy tells us in order to lead us away from faith in Jesus. Strongholds are lies, the enemy tells us, to lead us away from faith in Jesus. Just think about Pastor Mark's powerful message last week. And by the way, if you weren't here, you need to go online to watch that. NewLifeXN.org, go watch that message. It was incredibly powerful. But the enemy had been telling Mark a lie, that the world was better. And it's the same lie that the enemy told Adam and Eve. God's ways aren't the best. My ways are good. You're going to experience a good life. You're going to have peace. You're going to have joy. You're going to have everything that you were designed for and everything that you want. You're going to have that if you'll follow me. You see, the enemy, his native language, Jesus said this. I love this. I didn't even know this was a language. His native language is lying. <laughs> so anything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. And so the enemy, when he speaks to us, he's speaking lies and he's saying, this way's better. Don't believe in God. Don't trust in God. You know, go, go have that drink. Smoke that joint. You know, go get in bed with that girl, that guy. You know, go, go have a good time. Live it up because this life's all there is, right? I mean, that's what the enemy has put into our minds and into our hearts. All of us. And he's built strongholds inside of us. And you know, here's the thing about Windsor Castle. Windsor Castle didn't look like that, you know, even 500 years ago. They've built Windsor Castle over a long period of time, brick by brick, stone by stone. And a king would come in and he would say, you know, I think I want this here. And so they built St. George's Cathedral and, and they built it one brick, one stone at a time. And they did the same thing for the Cheyenne Mountain Complex. They built it one piece of steel you know, one scoop of dirt, one, one step at a time. And do you know the enemy does the same thing to us? He builds strongholds inside of our hearts, one lie at a time. Until one day we wake up and we go, I'm, I'm stuck inside this stronghold and I cannot get out. And I need help. That's what the enemy does. Now, there is a test that we can take to determine whether or not we have strongholds in our lives. And, and I just want you to know that if you're a human being, you have strongholds that you're dealing with. And most likely, you're going to deal with those strongholds until the Holy Spirit completely overtakes them and you have breakthrough in your life. Now, I want to remind us what breakthrough is because when an enemy takes a stronghold, that's called breakthrough because they break through the walls and, and there's success. And I want to give you that definition 
of what breakthrough is. Here's, here's the definition of breakthrough as Pastor Chris shared the first week so that we understand what that looks like in our lives. Breakthrough is an offensive military assault that penetrates and carries beyond a defensive line. So breakthrough is when an enemy breaks down the walls of a stronghold and takes the land. You see, if Windsor Castle came down, England would eventually fall. If somebody, eventually, somebody somehow got into the Cheyenne Mountain Complex, we're in trouble, okay? Because they, they have some buttons in there that I think do some pretty serious things. You see, those places of influence, if an enemy gets in there and they take that stronghold, then they're declaring victory and eventually the nation will fall. So all of us have these strongholds and we need breakthrough. And so I want to give you a test today um, to help you to kind of identify some of these strongholds. And, and, and some of them you're going to recognize are body uh, uh, strongholds and some of them you're going to recognize as soul strongholds. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the spiritual strongholds because they're not as easy uh, to see. But okay, so growing up here in Western PA, I, uh, I know as a boy who didn't like to go outside very much. I didn't. I, I'm a kind of an air conditioning uh, kind of, you know, guy. I just really enjoy that. But I, you know, I had to go outside a couple of times while I was growing up to help my dad with some things. And, um, and when I was outside, I would notice these birds swirling in the air. You ever seen those things? These turkey vultures, they just, you know, they, they fly in circles. And I've, I've always wondered, you know, what, what in the world are they doing when I was little? I was like, what, why do they do that? Well, you know, if you grew up here in Western PA, the reason that they're doing that is because something is dead right underneath them, and they are about to devour it. So in our lives, there are behaviors that come out that manifest in our bodies and in our actions from our souls that come from strongholds of both our body and our soul, and even more so from our spirit. And those behaviors are like vultures circling around a stronghold in our lives. So I want to give you a test today, which I call the vulture test. And I'm going to just tell you one thing that Jesus said, and then I'm going to offer you a test. So here we go. Number one, don't worry, Jesus said, but trust in God. Here's the test. Are you worried? Number two, forgive those you've hurt and be reconciled to those you've hurt. Here's the test. Are you withholding forgiveness? Number three, don't look at another man's wife or a woman's husband with lust in your heart. Here's the test. Are you having an affair in your mind? Number four, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Here's the test. Are you relying on something or someone else to make you happy? Are you relying on something or someone else to make you happy? Number five, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Here's the test. Are you offering the best of yourself to yourself? Are you offering the best of yourself to yourself? Number six, you cannot serve, Jesus said, both God and money. So here's the test. Did you get nervous when I said that? You see, those, those, uh, those things, those actions, those behaviors manifest themselves because there's something within us that is just struggling and there's a stronghold that the enemy has built because he's spoken to us lie after lie. God's way is not the best. God's way is not the best. Don't, don't listen to him. He doesn't know what he's doing. You got to do this on your own. This is all about you. 
So those are some ones that represent really our bodies and our, our souls. And I want to give you some very specific ones for our spirit because the spirit is, is the center, the Bible says, of our being. And everything flows out of that. And, and it's really hard to find a stronghold inside of our spirit because oftentimes we don't really know what we're looking for. But here's what I love. The Apostle Paul, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, wrote to the church in Galatia and he told them, there are, there's a fruit that the Holy Spirit produces in your life. It's a nine-part fruit. And that fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You can look it up. Galatians 5, okay? Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the, the nine parts of the one fruit of the Spirit. So thank you, Paul, for that. But do you know then what the strongholds of the Spirit are? The opposite. So if you go to Google and you, you know, put in the word, um, the first word, love, you put the plus sign and you put the word antonym, you find these things. And these are the strongholds of our spirit. And I just want you to listen to this today and put it on the screen because I want you to listen and I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to, to ping your soul today, to ping your spirit. Here's, here they are. Hate. Depression. Disagreement or discord. Agitation, animosity, corruption, unfaithfulness or disloyalty, harshness, which usually uh, manifests itself as anger, instability. Now, I think it's very interesting that the opposite of self-control is instability, you see, because oftentimes we think when we just go and do what we want to do that we're going to have a great life, that life's going to be good. But what does it do? It ultimately leads to destruction. And we step back and we go, what in the world happened? Well, when we lack self-control guided by the Holy Spirit, we will have instability in our lives. We shouldn't be surprised by that because it's the opposite of self-control control. But when we have the spirit inside of us, we have power to overcome those spiritual strongholds. So breakthrough begins by overcoming one key stronghold. Now, I want to just tell you this. All of the strongholds of the body, all of the strongholds of the soul, and all of the strongholds of the spirit wrap themselves around this one key stronghold inside of our spirit. So don't miss this. If you don't write anything else down today, I want you to write this down or put it and brand it on the inside of your heart because you have to understand this. The one key stronghold that all of us struggle with, that all of our strongholds come out of is this, unbelief. Unbelief. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, what did they do? They didn't believe God's way was the best, so they wanted to be like God, so they took the fruit and they ate it and they disobeyed God. Sin came into the world. Now we all struggle with it, thanks to them. What do we do when we pursue hate, depression? When we pursue uh, things like greed, pride, those guys, what are we doing? We're not believing that God's way is the best. We're not yielding to the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to work in our lives. We're not giving ourselves to him, truly. And, and, and listen, 
that falter is just flying around this stronghold in that behavior. And we're not truly yielding to the Holy Spirit. Because all strongholds are rooted in unbelief. And breakthrough only comes when we believe. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 11, verse 33 through 35. He said, no one lights a lamp and then hides it or puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where its light can be seen by all who enter the house. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when it is bad, your body is filled with darkness. Make sure that the light within you uh, that you have is not actually darkness. Verse 36, if you are filled with light, with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight were filling, uh, filling you with light. You see, Jesus pointed out that our spirits, our spirits are the, the eyes of our body. And so when we are struggling with strongholds inside of our spirit, then our souls are going to follow that. And we're going to have behaviors that come out in our souls. And we're going to suffer with, with things like addiction. We're going to suffer with things that emotionally, we're going to suffer with things um, um, that, that end up being physical. And we'll turn to these things over and over and over again, hoping that we will find what it is we're looking for, that we will find freedom. And Jesus says, guys, listen today. That spirit that is inside of you, if it is not fully focused on Jesus, if it has not been set free by the gospel, then there is darkness inside of you. But if we will focus on Jesus, if we will believe that his ways are the best ways and we will follow him, which is what he said to do, if we will follow him, if we will obey him, we will be filled with light and our spirit will be focused on him. In that darkness, you, you, you ever turn a light on in a dark room, what happens? The darkness goes away, right? I just want you to know that happens every time. You're never going to go into a room and turn a light on and the light doesn't shine unless the bulbs burn out or if the light comes on for a second and then goes away, you better run. Just get out of there because that, <laughs> that place messed up, all right? When you turn a light on in a room, you're going to see it because it's going to shine. And that's what happens in our lives when we do one thing, believe. Jesus was surrounded by a group of people one time. This group of people, they had just seen him feed 20,000 people. They, were, they wanted to do what he was doing. They wanted to have what he was having. They were experiencing joy and like they had never experienced it before. And I don't want you to miss this because Jesus tells us, and if you're the kind of person, you're always asking the question, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? How do I get God to love me? How do I get God to like me? Listen, I just want you to know something. God already loves you. God already likes you. God died for you. He loves you so much that he went to the cross for you. And he took on your sin there. And then he was raised back to life by the power of God, overcoming sin and death forever. And in that moment, he now can offer us a brand new life. But for those of you who've always wondered, what do I need to do? Jesus tells us right here in John chapter 6. He said, uh, 
these people ask him, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Jesus said, this is the only work that God wants for you. Believe in the one he has sent. The only thing that God wants from us is for us to believe, to stop believing the lies of the enemy and to believe in the one that he sent, which is Jesus, who is the word in the flesh. Just believe. That's too easy, Brad. I understand. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Don't give me that. You really gonna believe that God's way is better than getting in bed with somebody tonight? Because that feels good for a while. Till you're in the hospital, till you're dead, and you realize this is real. Guys, this stuff is life and death. Jesus said, believe. The Spirit alone gives eternal life, Jesus said. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me. Here's the take-home point for today. The one thing I want you to walk out of here with. You have to understand this. Faith in Jesus is the only way to overcome the stronghold of the Spirit, which is unbelief. Faith in Jesus is the only way to overcome. You want to have that life you've been looking for? Put your faith in Jesus today. Stop screwing around and believe him. Take him at his word. And I, I'll promise you this, okay? Because I've, I'm, I'm, I'm putting my life on this. I'm standing up here today because I believe this. If you will follow Jesus and take him at his word, your life, it might be hard and you're still gonna suffer, but it's gonna be good. And you're gonna find what you've been looking for. Stop believing the lies of the enemy and start trusting in the truth of God spoken by Jesus. You see, when we do that, those vultures, those behaviors, they go away because that spirit inside of us is being changed by the Holy Spirit and that fruit is being developed by him. So I don't know where you're at today, but I don't want you to leave this series unchanged. So I'm going to ask you right now, close your eyes, bow your heads, and just between you and the Holy Spirit, in this moment, whatever it is that he's bringing into your mind, into your hearts right now, would you commit to allowing him to deal with that in your life? And then I just want to pray over all of us. And listen, if this is the first time that you're hearing that God loves you, that God has a plan for your life, and that it's better than what you're pursuing right now, I want you to know that if you will believe in Jesus, you will have and begin an incredible adventure that God designed for you. He knows you. He made you. He loves you. And he wants you to know Jesus. So right now, in the quietness of this moment, whatever it is that you are not believing God for in your life, give it to him and believe him. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, today I know that your spirit is working in people's hearts, working in my heart. And I pray today, God, that you will set people free by the power of your spirit. As we stand in your presence today, as we sit in your presence today, that you are changing us from the inside out. And then some of us are going to walk out of here for the first time in forever, free and alive in you. Father, we know that breakthrough comes when we believe that your ways are better, when your power is stronger, that your love is deeper, that your grace is enough to overcome the strongholds in our lives. So today, God, we pray that you will just set us free right now, in this moment. Father, we love you. We thank you that because of your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for us, we can have life with you because you are speaking the word to us that is spirit and life. God, today, fill us with light that we can be sure that the light within us is from you and that it is not actually darkness. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share with you the commitment for today. If you'll go out of here and do this this week, you're going to live in such incredible freedom. And here's what it says. I will believe Jesus in my weakness this week. I will believe Jesus in my weakness this week. I hope that you'll take Jesus' words very seriously. Make sure that the light that you have inside of you is not actually darkness. Because here's what a lot of us do. And listen, there's nothing wrong. I, I, I buy books all the time. My wife, uh, she tells me that I do that a lot. I'm pointing back here because that's her right there, the keyboard. I love books. If I buy a book on leadership and I open it up and I start to read it and I start to apply that over the word of God in my life, that's not helpful. If I buy a diet book, which I don't do very often, but if I did, <laughs> you know, or if you do, is that becoming the word of God to you over the word of God itself? If you buy a book on money, does that become the word of God to you rather than the word itself? You see, we can't get distracted in this world because even lies that the enemy speaks are hidden in good things but they're not the best things. That's only found when we believe Jesus in our weakness this week. So I hope that you'll go out of here and do that and live in freedom.